0: This episode of the podcast is brought to you by me publicly stating that I am the greatest human being to ever exist. That's right. I'm claiming it. Nobody else can be it. And I do expect gifts.
1: You need people like me so you can point your fucking fingers and say, that's the bad guy. So, what I make you? Good? You're not good. You just know how to hide. How to lie. Me, I don't have that problem. Me, I always tell the truth. Even when I lie. So say goodnight to the bad guy.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Roller Credits the Podcast, the only podcast that has a little friend. <laughs> I'm Frank. <laughs> I'm Zach. <laughs> and today we are discussing, in my opinion, one of the greatest films ever. Mm-hmm. Scarface.
1: Yeah. It is definitely arguably... 1983 Scarface, by yeah. the way. Why, is there a different one? Yeah. Really? Yeah. So Why?
0: Well, so give us the rundown okay. and then I'll break down what how this movie came to be.
1: Okay. So, in my opinion, this is... The best cartel film ever to be made. Mm-hmm. Um, so Scarface came out in 1983, directed by Brian De Palma. You have Al Pacino, who plays Tony Montana. You have Stephen Bauer, who plays Manny. Michelle Pfeiffer, who I was actually really surprised to see in here. Oh, um, have you, Wait, have you never seen this movie? I have. I just didn't remember. It's been forever oh, since okay. I've seen Scarface. So I just didn't remember that Michelle Pfeiffer was in here. Yeah, But she plays Elvira. You have Robert Loja, who plays Renko Lopez. <laughs> only,
0: only fucking family <laughs> guy.
1: Oh, uh, it's Robert Loja. <laughs> uh, you have Paul Shayner, who plays Sosa, F. Murray Abraham, who plays Omar. And then Mary Elizabeth Mastrantonio, who plays Gina. And yeah. that's, that's everybody that's important. Mm-hmm.
0: And this is a movie in 1980 Miami. A determined Cuban immigrant takes over the drug cartel and succumbs to greed um so mm-hmm. that is at least the imdb one yeah. I, every time i do like the the, the readings I it kind of seems like IMCb, a mm-hmm. uh just because like it's done for you might as well yeah uh so i yes, know what they're talking about you didn't know that i'm surprised that you actually didn't know so yeah this is a uh remake from a mm-hmm. 1932 film oh called okay. scarface mm-hmm. in which it's essentially the same exact thing uh it's much more toned down because it was the 30s mm-hmm. uh, and it was instead of a Cuban, it was like an Italian guy coming to yep. New York and it was all about like prohibition. Mm-hmm. Uh, so obviously there were differences, um, but basically Al Pacino actually got this movie made because he was walking down the street with like a, a, a couple friends and he saw the 1932 film. Scarface being played in a theater and he was like oh everybody like tells me how great this movie is Mm -hmm. Uh, he's like we should go in and watch it so they go in and watch it and he loved it Mm -hmm. so he leaves and he reaches out to like his producer he's like I can do this better well he doesn't say I I can do this better but he's like I really want to play this part like Mm -hmm. I think that we can do like a modern day version of this and I really want to I really want to do that so he basically became like enthralled with um, Paul Muni who's the guy who played Tony in the original and was like, I want to, like, imitate him. I want to completely, like, give myself to this character. So, he reaches out to this guy named Martin. Martin says, okay, let's get it done. So, Oliver Stone, which I don't know if you know who really Oliver Stone is, but you probably at least know the name. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oliver Stone wrote the screenplay for this. Yeah. And... Uh, Oliver Stone wrote the fuck out of this movie because it's <laughs> it's really a it really really is a great great screenplay and then of course they got De Palma on and De Palma at this point in is in his career in his prime. I would say that yeah, I think that this was like the start of his prime. I think that at this point he was like a really really seasoned director and I think that some of the shots and some of the camera movements really prove that to be. Mm-hmm. Um so so yeah, I mean it's kind of crazy that Pacino literally was like I wanna, I wanna be, I wanna do a remake, and then they fucking made it for Pacino. Like yeah. this movie was literally made for Al, <laughs> which is, which is kind of crazy because that doesn't really happen very often.
1: No, but he definitely, you can see like the passion of him trying to play Tony Montana. Yeah. Um, it is funny to see like him doing like the Cuban accent.
0: Yeah, and I was actually kind of like surprised on because of, I don't know. For me, I was like, man, this just seems. Look, it's a very extra version of a Cuban yes especially the accent because you 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 look at like everybody that's surrounded by him and everybody for the most part sounds pretty normal mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you just Even have Manny. Tony yeah Manny who is actually Cuban yes <laughs> uh the actor and Is really Cuban, and it's just him, and he doesn't sound anything like Mm -hmm. that. Then you have Al Pacino, who's just a a, a, in in actuality Italian, Mm -hmm. doing the most ridiculous Cuban accent, like
1: adding main to like everything at the end. Like it's definitely noticeable, and it's funny too because like when he goes to New York, it almost seems like you know he has less of a tan, so it's like, oh, this is just regular Al Pacino, right? Yeah, like he he doesn't do the accent as much when he's in New York for the scene. Yeah, so it's like. Yeah, that's just regular Italian Al Pacino. right? So it's kind of ridiculous mm-hmm.
0: that that on what he's doing. But I will say, watching this movie and analyzing it, I honestly believe that this might be one of the best films just
1: made in like in America. Oh, absolutely! Cinema. Like definitely top fifty movies ever to be made. Yeah.
0: And I was kind of surprised because I knew that I, I, I've seen it a few times, of course, and, and I've liked it. But I guess at this point, it just hit different, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, this is absolutely, truly one of the best movies I think I've really seen. Yeah. it's It's got everything. it's I would say that it's almost a near perfect film.
1: Oh, yeah absolutely. Like there is like a couple of nitpicky things here and there. But I mean, even to like the idea of revo- like revamping it for like the 80s and doing this whole thing where the movie is kind of a stance on like Cuban immigration. Right. And you, you have like where in the beginning they give you like the whole rundown where it's like 125,000 people like immigrated from Cuba to America and 25,000 of them were for the cartel. And it's like that's a big number yeah. of people. And then you have somebody like Tony Montana and Manny coming over. And it's like they they tell you like, oh, they dabbled a little bit with like stuff here and there, like when they were in Cuba, but it was mostly like marijuana. And now coming here and then being fully in it for the cocaine. Right. And it it it's just blown up. And of course too, Miami in the eighties, like that's all it was. Yeah. It was just all cocaine. Yeah. Like you couldn't walk down the street without getting some cocaine.
0: I remember those days. <laughs> <laughs> um, we yeah. were a twinkle in our parents' eye. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, one thing that I wanna just kinda State that before we really get into it is, Mm -hmm. I think that this movie gets wrongfully compared to The Godfather.
1: It's funny too because it's like I watched this on Amazon and then that's all that was showing up of if you liked this, you'll also like. Yeah, and it's just Goodfellas, Godfather one, two, and three. And
0: and I understand why because Mm -hmm. they are they are sort of in the same family. But I do think that the Scarface. Is a com? It's a different type of film than The Godfather, mm-hmm. right? The Godfather, a is uh, all about Italian American or just Italians, really, right? Like from Sicily, mm-hmm. and they are. It's about the mob, yeah. right? And it's about like the family, and it's about that, and it and it's more of this kind of epic of mm-hmm. sorts. While this movie, uh, while Scarface, I would say, is an epic for sure. Mm-hmm it's not really it's more about the american dream just in the sense instead of a person coming and starting a business like that right an immigrant coming over from whatever whatever country they came from and starting a, a you know a, a regular business and then moving their way up to the top of like oh now now they they made fucking like the most incredible you know it's like mm-hmm. apple right it's <laughs> like an immigrant starting apple mm-hmm. um it's it's taking that sense but just making it drugs yeah so it's the american dream but it's the illegal american american dream mm-hmm. so i don't really know why we get into the weeds about comparing the godfather to the scarface because i just don't really see that much in common with them besides they both have al pacino in it yeah and, I mean, and there's guns <laughs> yeah i mean but
1: if you think about it too like the godfather is also like yes there is a lot going on there but it's more kind of like it's more dialogue than oh, anything yeah, else. For sure. Where Scarface, yes, there's a lot of dialogue. Yes, there's a lot of negotiating, but it's a lot more by force than anything else. Yeah. Like this movie is a good portion like action and then talk later. This movie is the godfather fueled by
0: cocaine. Yes. Is <laughs> <laughs> <It's> basically <laughs> what this film is. Uh, and and you know, things are erratic and things are sporadic and mm-hmm. things happen and and it's it's nuts. Uh, that being said. Since I assume you probably haven't watched this movie in a very long time, mm-hmm. it's incredible.
1: It is. Um, I want to get out to like the small little nitpicky stuff. Okay, because already this movie is fantastic. But small little nitpicky stuff. Um, super weird towards the end with Gina. Yeah, it's a little weird. A little little incest revenge thing going on. But like, I mean, her. But it does. Her game plan is to shoot him. Right,
0: but it, I will say that it's it's uncomfortable to watch. Mm-hmm. But it does make sense. Yes. So, like, it's hard to say that that's, like, a a, a, a nitpicky problem because
1: in it's the just gr- in the
0: grand scope of things, mm-hmm. it does actually kind of make sense. And I personally don't believe that that was, like, his intention. Oh, no. But, like, from her point of view and her being, like, you know, probably drugged up on whatever medication they gave her and whatnot, like... It does make sense.
1: i I get it. It's just uncomfortable, yeah, but
0: being uncomfortable and saying that you didn't like it is different. Like I, it makes sense mm-hmm. and it works. And I think that it does add to her character. So I don't think that it's like a con for the film. No, I just it's, think it's uncomfortable to watch. no, yeah, that's why I, like,
1: <laughs> I'm not saying that I'm just saying like it's it's kind of like a a weird little like nitpicky thing um the other thing was like again too anytime that like gino was on screen and like dancing in the club or anything like that and it kind of just zoomed in on al pacino's face yeah it was like i get it i get what you're trying to go for where it's like he's literally just focusing on that he's not paying to any attention to anything else it was just kind of weird because it's like nothing else in the film like does that you
0: know it's funny too i don't know if if this is accurate but didn't that scene in particular with like the zoom in on on uh, Pacino's eyes and, and like the red kind of hue that's kind of casting over him, doesn't that feel like Tarantino and Kill Bill? Yes. Like he like, he like was like, oh, that's a cool shot. Let me just steal yeah. that and put that well, in there. Well, that's
1: why I was like, man, this feels like Kill Bill right now. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I get it, but like it was just really kind of like out of place. Okay. And that's it? Yeah, that's it. That's yeah. All I mean, everything, everything else, else is, is <laughs> fantastic. Fuck, I mean, Al Pacino's acting is great. Yeah. Um, Manny, I love Manny as a side character. Like you, you really see the, the brotherly love and like, uh, just how they function together and how they work as a team, like from the very beginning. Yeah. And it was heartbreaking at the end. It is.
0: It's a tough, it's kind of tough to watch because you,
1: cause you know, it's coming. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, from like
0: the, when he sees her for the first time.
1: Yes. Like, you know, that it's going to lead towards that. Yeah. And you know that's who he's going to see when uh Scar or when Tony comes back and then it's just like I gotta find them.
0: Yeah. It's it is sad. And it, you, I like their their um their personalities are so different mm-hmm. because Tony immediately kind of has this I wanna be the king of the fucking world like yeah. mentality, while Manny is like Manny is actually the guy who introduces him to the world. Yeah. But Manny does not nearly have the greediness and the and and just like the, I want to take over everything and I want to be like, you know, the king, the, the, you know, the ultimate kingpin. Yeah, he just wants to have a good time. Yeah, that's really what Manny's kind of objective is, is he just wants to get laid and just, you know, make <laughs> enough money to just kind of like live a, a comfortable life and, you know, he'll do what he's got to do to do it. Mm-hmm. But Tony's got this, this, you know, tunnel vision of... I am going to kill anybody in my path that steps in front of me and I'm going to prove my worth uh, in in every single way. Mm-hmm. And he's actually really smart.
1: Oh yeah. He, he doesn't really fuck cal- around. He really calculates everything and he sees the opportunity to take charge, right. especially too when Omar and him go to meet Sosa for the first time. Yeah. And he's just literally like he's pushing his way into being like no 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 frank's not gonna buy anything like yeah. this we'll do it for this amount yeah yeah and then of course the like infamous scene of omar being hung from the helicopter right and it's like it's funny too because it's like stuff like that you see like in south park and you're like hmm i forgot like where that came from and then you see stuff like this and you're like <laughs> oh well, there it is <laughs> that makes sense <laughs> that's funny mm-hmm. i didn't know they did, that they did that in south park yeah that was like the kfc episode <laughs> when <the> kfc <laughs> was shut down <laughs> I don't watch enough South Park.
0: I feel like I would I feel like I would appreciate it.
1: There's a, there's a good amount to it. Yeah. Uh
0: one thing that I really liked about the uh the character of Tony is the that Al decided to give him a sense of humor, mm-hmm. which I think is kind of necessary. Yeah. Because if you didn't then I think that the character would be extremely one-dimensional mm-hmm. and and it would—he just would have been a little too blunt. Mm-hmm. But like specific scenes that make me—that made me laugh was, you know, when they show up to uh, Michelle Pfeiffer's place and she, they got the fucking the yellow car. She's like, I'm, like oh, yeah. "I'm not getting in that." And then he brings her to the uh, the car dealership. He like pretends to hit his nose on the thing. Yeah. <laughs> he he wears like her sun hat, mm-hmm. like stuff like that. Just makes him. a a tad just a hair human
1: yes and like (laughs) even to like him talking about like oh i got steals or i got balls of steel steals of balls (laughs) i can steal all the balls (laughs) but like having like balls of steel and like not taking shit from anybody like stuff like that yeah um and then even to like when he's in the hot tub and he's watching tv and Elvira talks for the first time, and he's like, oh, "Who the fuck said yeah, that? Yeah, like, yeah. What, what am I hearing stuff?" And
0: it's like- <laughs> he just got this, especially like when he sees the uh, the birds on the screen, and mm. I don't remember what word he exactly oh, yeah. uses, but he's like, he's he he's just it's just very very funny little mannerisms that he has, and the little quirks that he has, where it just gives him a personality mm-hmm. because he's kind of incapable of loving. Yeah, it seems like it seems like the only person that he is capable of loving is Gina. Mm-hmm. And I guess that maybe just comes down to, like, blood. Like, mm-hmm. they are kind of, you know, they're relatives. Because he cannot physically love anybody else in his yeah. life.
1: I really liked the dynamic, too, of Elvira and Tony. Yeah. Like, the fact that he kind of, like, lusts after her. And that's all it is. It, yeah, that's literally it. Because, like, once Frank gets killed... And it, incredible scene, by the way, too, of like him being like, oh, I'm just how you say paranoid. Yeah. And like going in there and killing both um, the cop and Frank. Frank, And then being like, hey, you know, we can get married now. And you have like this whole montage where it's like everything's kind of coming together nicely. Like they buy the new house, they get married, they're having like a good time. And it just immediately goes back to how Avira and Frank were. Right. Where it's like she's just become like so bitter and then he really just doesn't care. Right. And it's like there is the love there because even when they decide like, oh, we're going to break up and he's asking like, oh, did she call? Did she call? And he's just waiting for like a call to come back. But you have the relationship with them where you want it to fail. Like, I don't know about you, I wanted it to fail. Like, I didn't want it to be like, oh, they're lovey-dovey, they love each other, like, everything's fine, they have the house, they work together. It's like, it really showcases that Tony is just all about taking over the world, having the money, and basically following his three steps. Yeah. But just cutting out the third.
0: Right. And the dynamic, like, Tony and Frank are very, very similar. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't think, I mean, Frank... I think has the experience to, and, and and he you know he proves it with that one dialogue where he where he tells him like guys who want champagne and women they end up dead yeah the guys who you know, can, you know hold back a bit and don't flaunt their shit all the time those are the guys who make it this far mm-hmm. and Tony of course is like go fuck yourself uh, but their dynamic is so similar because when he meets Tony for the first time. And Tony, he tells him to go dance with Elvira. He says, go ahead, go, go, go. They go out and dance. And he talks to his associate and he goes, you know, what do you think of him? And the guy basically says that he's like a schmuck. And he's like, mm-hmm. yeah, but you get a guy like that to work for you. And he'll like, you know, he'll, he'll break his back for you. Mm-hmm. And then you have this scene, the, the following scene and where Tony's driving and he's like, Elvira wants me. Which yeah. is very, very funny yes. because <laughs> she, cause she's clearly not into you. Mm-hmm. um, and, and he's like... He's like, you know, what you, you know—that's Frank's girl. And he's like, but Frank's a, like Frank's a fucking idiot. Yeah. So they both think that each other are idiots, mm-hmm. and they both think that they know better than one another. And in reality, Frank knows better than 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 him because he's yes. been doing this longer. Obviously, he's yeah. he is in the drug world a proper businessman.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's not willing to like step outside of his boundaries. He knows right. what he can accomplish without getting the law involved. Right.
0: So. Tony, again, kind of making that reference back to The Godfather, is like, Tony is the coked-up version of Frank. Mm-hmm. He is the the balls-to-the-wall, sporadic, completely just money and just you know completely engulfed with all of all of what that world is enticing and, and why why that world seems so great
1: yeah i mean his dancing's awful too it's not good it's horrible <laughs> when he's dancing with Elvira, just awful
0: <laughs> i'm kind of surprised too because they had like real cubans on set yeah so i've been like hey
1: maybe you should maybe dance like this <laughs> nobody
0: just didn't nobody i guess said anything they were no like, he hey. was just like i know how to dance i got this guy
1: i got this, I got this. <laughs> his albacino voice <laughs>
0: Um, but Elvira's character is interesting mm-hmm. especially because I don't know if you've know. I don't know if you noticed but from the beginning of the film to the to the end of the film Michelle there's Pfeiffer physical. there's a physical like decline mm-hmm. in her weight mm-hmm. and how and Michelle Pfeiffer actually like was you know, kind of starving herself, sort of, for the film. Yeah. And and you can actually see that transition happen, which which means that they actually film this film chronologically, mm-hmm. which almost never happens yeah. in, in in movies, which that's really, like, interesting. So you kind of get this true arc of a, of a character, and I think that, that that arc is so great, and all of the characters have their arc, and it all feels so real, mm-hmm. because they must have filmed it in chronological order so these instead of these actors starting at the end of the movie and then going to the middle and then going to the beginning and bouncing all throughout production over the course of their 3 month shoot mm-hmm. they have they they are literally beginning with the beginning of the character and then ending with the end
1: which is interesting like that most directors don't try to go about that way i mean i get it for like scheduling purposes scheduling
0: purposes it's hard and for locations and when when you can get this location versus when you can get that location mm-hmm. and you know this location happens at this point in the film versus that so it's really difficult
1: yeah but i mean while this movie is like a little bit outlandish just in terms of like you know how tony just acts and, like, everybody, like, how they dress and everything like that. This movie is very well-grounded. And you see that, like you said, with Michelle Pfeiffer's character. Like, I noticed that. I noticed that, like, she was just... By the time that they got to the the mansion with Tony... She's just and, like, rail thin. The the scene when they're at dinner and you can see, like, the, the shadows underneath her eyes. Yeah. Like, you can really see how she's just been so drugged up for so long yeah yeah um and it's taking a full effect on both of them yeah and then even too, like how how drunk and how like high tony is constantly you really get the sense that like you know the wedding was kind of the high point for both of them and then they yeah. just slowly started to decline
0: yeah i guess i guess my only kind of gripe with the film because I i did say that it's a near perfect film. Mm-hmm. My my only issue that I that I kind of was like iffy on was Tony and Elvira's relationship because she's not interested in him really at all. Mm-hmm. And then he basically is just like, I'm gonna marry you. And then she's like, but what about Frank? And then he kills Frank and then she's just like, okay, I guess I'm with you now. Yeah. So in a way you it kind of, I guess, works in the film's benefit because you can you can physically see that there is not a true romance here.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I just kind of wish that Elvira was a stronger character.
1: Mm-hmm. Like shown more a, str- a little bit?
0: No, no, no. Well, just a stronger female character, opposed to her kind of being... I wouldn't say that she's like a damsel in distress. She's, she definitely doesn't take shit mm-hmm. from people, but... She doesn't seem to, it almost feels like she doesn't have the, the freedom in the film to, to, to make her own decisions. Yeah. Like she, why is she with Frank Is never explained how Mm -hmm. they got together. Is it just because she's a cocaine addict and he was, and he's available and then, and then he just basically uses her for sex and that's pretty much it. Yeah. It's pretty much. I would imagine so. But then when Frank is dead, why does she go with Tony? Because she's still addicted to cocaine, and mm-hmm. just because she needs that, yeah, I'm sure that you could just get cocaine, to any, like, you know. Yeah, but I think <laughs> she's
1: also addicted to the money now, like the lifestyle. The
0: lifestyle, I guess. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I, I just wish that that she was more that she was a stronger character and that she played a more integral part of like the breakdown of Tony, mm-hmm. opposed to just kind of like "fuck you," I'm leaving, and then she just leaves, and then she just that's it, she's gone. Yeah. I, I, I just, that was, that's my only gripe no, I, with the I film. get it.
1: Because, like, yes, like I said, too, where it's like he's constantly calling, like, oh, did did Elvira call? And he's like, no, nobody. And it's like, oh, okay, well, if she calls, tell her I love her. Yeah. But that's it. Right. Like, you get nothing else. You get no, like, I guess the only thing maybe is, like, how fucking big of rails he's doing of cocaine when he gets back. Right. But, I mean, that also is just because he's addicted to it. Mm-hmm. So he's making a fucking pile of coke. Yeah. And then snorting it. And then just being like, okay, well, I guess I'll wait for somebody to piss me off. Right, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, no, I get it. Like, there should have been, like, something more. Yeah. I just honestly think that it is because she's addicted to the lifestyle of, like, not having to do anything.
0: Yeah. And I get it. It's just, I just wish that she was just, like like I said, just a stronger character. Somebody who had more, just more power and, and, and she didn't feel... I don't want to call her helpless because she doesn't feel helpless, but she just doesn't feel strong. I guess that's really what it comes down to. Yeah. And I don't think she has the strength that that character, I think, in that type of lifestyle should have, Mm -hmm. you know? So that's my only real gripe with it. Other than that, like I said, I think it's a pretty much flawless film. Um, There's so many iconic things. I think that obviously, like, I think when people watch the film...
1: They think of the last, like, 20 minutes? Yeah,
0: they think of the last, like, 15 minutes and the most iconic scene probably in the film is to everybody that maybe you've never even seen Scarface but everybody knows say hello to my little friend mm-hmm. but to me the most iconic scene what when i think of scarface i think of the chainsaw scene really that for me that mm-hmm. is like scarface encapsulated perfectly it's got everything that the film has in one room mm-hmm. it's got the gun shooting it's got the cocaine it's got the drugs it's got the the deal gone bad it's mm-hmm. got people like you know um completely Backing out on on their word and, and, you know, you don't know who to trust and whatnot. Mm -hmm. It has everything that the movie has to offer in one hotel room. And I think that the chainsaw scene also delivers with the aspect of, now where do we go from here? Mm -hmm. Because this movie is obviously fucking like insane and it gets really really more but nothing ever gets as graphic i guess as that
1: yeah i guess because like he literally shoots the guy in the streets in front of everybody yeah which also surprised me too that like nobody is just like oh i can identify that man (laughs) the police should go get him (laughs) it's like like a good 50 people saw him murder yeah um i like that scene a lot i whenever i think of like uh, scarface i like you i don't think of the last 20 minutes i think of two scenes i think of him in the hot tub just screaming to himself who do i trust yeah. me that's who nobody else yeah and then i think of him leaving the restaurant of the bad guy speech that's what i you think need, of. You, yeah, you yeah you got
0: you people need people like yeah. me so you can point at somebody and say that's the fucking bad guy
1: that's the speech to me that Totally encapsulates who Tony Montana is. Yeah,
0: it's kind of like a perfect. Mm-hmm. It is a perfect sentence. Yeah, <laughs> it really is. Mm-hmm. It's a perfect sentence in, in a in, in film. Mm-hmm. It's great. Uh, there's so many things, right? But uh, I don't want to sit here all day and talk about it. If you haven't seen Scarface, you guys need to. You guys need to see Scarface. It's three hours long. Yeah. But honestly, I think it flies by. I think yeah. it's perfectly paced.
1: I do like the fact that when you get to the beginning. And you see, like, how Tony and Manny are versus the end. I remember, like, the last couple of minutes, I was like, wow, like, this is incredible how I feel like I've gotten to see, like, their entire life story in three hours. Yeah. And I feel like I got enough of everything to know that they're different from where they were in the beginning to where they are now. Yeah. And that's what I really, really liked about the film.
0: Yeah, it's kind of – it kind of – gives you the sense of kind of what, uh what's that movie called by the Safdie brothers? Good time. Mm-hmm. It gives you good time, gives you like, Hey, this movie takes place all within, you know, whatever, 24 hours or 48 hours. And we, we began with the character and then we end with the character. Obviously this movie takes place over a longer stretch of time. Yeah, but It gives me, gives you kind of like that, that same sense of we, we began with you at this point and now we're ending with you at this point. Mm-hmm. And we we were there the entire way through with it and we've seen everything like you mm-hmm. so it's it is truly one of the greatest gangster films ever absolutely it's, it's one of the best mm-hmm. uh everything is great about it the final shot Amazing. Of, of him laying in the pool with the world is yours mm-hmm. on the globe in neon is one of the most iconic shots, in my opinion, ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, the
1: only thing that would have made it crazier of, like, his own speeches is if the tiger got loose and started eating some of them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Of course, him just being fucking coked up and just getting shot. And he's he's already dead. Yeah. And he's been dead. <laughs> but his body hasn't, like, his brain hasn't stopped because it's just so coked up <laughs> that he his body just doesn't recognize that he's dead. It's incredible. I mean, mm-hmm. he literally does not stop talking he's just i'll fucking take those bullets yeah. i take them and yeah he's just fine. getting he, shot up he's just
1: eating them up and that would have yeah. terrified me if oh, i was man. the other i, I would leave I'd be like, yeah, right, I'd I'm be like, nope i'm good <laughs> you're fine, <I'm> fine. <laughs>
0: so uh it's incredible mm-hmm. i'm glad that we did it and i'm glad that this is kind of like the first film that we've done or that we're that we're doing for 2022. I think this is going to come out New Year's Eve.
1: Yeah. Um. Ten cockroaches out of ten. Ten.
0: Yeah. It's fucking great. Mm-hmm. Uh. It really, really is. And I do think I saw. I watched it on Showtime, like on demand or whatever. Mm-hmm. Showtime, their streaming service. I got a free 30 days. Shout Ooh. out to uh, Showtime for doing that. Uh. So I watched it on Showtime. And if you can watch it, however you can watch it, watch it because mm-hmm. if you haven't seen the movie, uh, and you think that you've seen the movie, I think that this is one of those movies that.
1: You kind of know like the scenes, you, you but like you think, never you think actually that you watched know it.
0: it. It's kind of like Jaws or something. It's mm-hmm. like, I know what Jaws is, but I've never seen <laughs> Jaws, right? It's mm-hmm. like, you think you know what Scarface is and you don't really uh, and, until you fully, fully watch it because, and it's absolutely worth it. Yeah. So um, I recommend watching Scarface if you haven't seen it. Guys. That's
1: your recommendation? No. <laughs> um,
0: I wanted to recommend not so much an album uh, and. It's kind of like a weird in between. It's it's technically
1: on their album, Mm -hmm. but it's just one singular sound. No, 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 no. It's
0: one. (laughs) It's it's on their deluxe version, I guess, of the album. And and they're called. I don't know if you've ever heard of Black Pumas. Mm -mm. Um, very very soul, like uh, really just like uh, soul. It's just straight up soul music.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, I like soul music. Yeah,
0: and you can really feel it. The guy, the lead singer, is incredible. Um, but I wanted to recommend. In their deluxe version, they have versions of their songs that are live, mm-hmm. and in my opinion, the live versions are like leaps and bounds better than uh, the studio than the studio
1: recordings. I love that. I love when the the live music is much yeah. better than the like Peter Frampton. I always think of yeah, like S- uh, "Ooh, Baby, I Love Your Way."
0: Yeah, is, is there like a better live version than yeah? The, the studio? live version yeah. is the better version. Oh, okay, yeah. So, um. I want to recommend "Colors," Mm -hmm. October thirty-three, and "Confines." Those three live. You you can listen to them on the album, the studio versions, and you're like, "Yeah, these are good." And then you listen to the live versions, and they are breathtaking. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to recommend those three live tracks off of Black Pumas. uh, I think it's self-titled. I think it's called Black Pumas. uh, Off of that album,
1: Zach. What are we doing next? Well, last week we did looking back at two thousand twenty-one. fuck that we gotta look forward (laughs) it's 2022 we gotta look forward to some things yeah um so i figured what we can do is just talk about some of the things that we're looking forward to in 2021 when it comes to movies or just in terms of the podcast itself all righty zach take us out all right guys thank you for listening now frank first you get the money then you get the power then you get the women (laughs)